This past summer, the United States has witnessed what was yet another major upheaval within our larger environment. Alongside the growing number of COVID-19 cases and civil and social unrest, the country also saw over 9,000 wildfires raging across the state of California, which has destroyed over 4 million acres and led to 32 deaths, calculating to over 4% of the region's 100 million acres of land, labeling the year 2020 the largest recorded season of wildfires within California's entire history. And that, for lack of a better phrase, is just the tip of the figurative and literal iceberg. In addition to the continuing third surge of the pandemic, the U.S. has continued to face environmental crisis after crisis, including, but not limited to, the year 2020 going on the record for being the busiest Atlantic hurricane season in known history, with, of the 29 recorded storm systems, 12 of which have reached hurricane strength, and 5 have reached a Category 3 or higher on scale. The United States leaving the Paris Climate Agreement, which has sought to combat the growing concern of the global climate, a record low Arctic sea ice level this past October, and now, more recently, President incumbent Trump's latest attempts to sell oil and gas leases on the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge prior to the arrival of President-elect Joe Biden in 2021. On the Washington College campus, several student-led groups have reached out to a wide range of students, faculty, and other campus community members to adopt a more sustainable lifestyle, as well as to further spread the word about climate change as an ongoing issue. Today, I will be talking with Junior and President of the WAC Chapter of the Food Recovery Network, Elena Perdon, and Seniors and Student Environmental Alliance President and Vice President Douglas Kurtz and Samina Soyn Voschel about what pro-green student-led organizations on the Washington College campus are doing to help educate and encourage the on-campus and surrounding communities to adopt eco-friendly practices, as well as other ways to get involved and help make a small step towards securing a brighter, more environmentally friendly future. I am your host, Olivia Montez. And this is Washington College Weekly. Our first guest today is Junior and President of the Washington College Chapter of the Worldwide Organization Food Recovery Network, Elena Perdon. Elena, welcome to the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. So first, before we get started, how would you describe the WAC chapter of the Food Recovery Network and your role as president on campus? It's by far one of the most fulfilling things, if not the most fulfilling thing I've been involved in at WAC. Being able to see tangible impact we're having on the community because we take food from the dining hall and serve it at a free community table dinner in town. And having that like very direct, visible evidence of the good we're doing and being able to see how much people benefit from the sort of work and also being able to see the accumulation of like pounds of food we recover from the dining hall that would otherwise be thrown out is just very rewarding and makes me realize like I'm doing something good. 
So aside from taking food from the dining hall and basically repurpose it, Mm -hmm. how would you describe what the chapter of the Food Recovery Network is? Like what is its purpose, what its goals are, and what its motives are? So the goal of Food Recovery Network, which is a national organization overall, is to fight food waste in the community while also fighting food injustice. So food insecurity is a fairly large problem in Chestertown as the WAC chapter trying to come up with different creative ways to combat that. So the recovering food from the dining hall, repurposing it, like you said, is sort of our main goal. But we also are partnering with Shane Brill, who works with the Campus Garden, to talk more about composting and how that could be a viable option for even just students to use. So not even on the big scale of the dining hall, but like just things we can do in our everyday lives. We're talking to our faculty advisor, Dr. Garcia, in the sociology department to talk about global issues of food insecurity and what we can each do on a micro level to combat it. So while the actual food recoveries is kind of the biggest part of Food Recovery Network, we're trying to find different avenues and means of education to fight this overall epidemic of food insecurity. So on the subject of waste, one of the primary initiatives of the Food Recovery Network, as you said, as a college student-led organization is not only about helping to raise awareness about this as being an issue, and to have resources available for those to combat hunger, but also to limit the amount of waste that goes on on campus. So what is important to know about or understand what the impact of waste is? I think one of the most striking facts I've learned through my work with Food Recovery Network and just some of the things I've done at WAC in general is that a vast majority of Americans' waste is food. So that's taking up room in our landfills. And it's contributing to just this overall waste problem in that America puts out way too much waste. And for me, to waste something like food that is so necessary in certain parts of the community just seems unjust, just seems wrong of us to do. And I think it's also an easy fix we can make. You know, there's little changes we can all make whether it's not taking that extra scoop of tater tots in the dining hall or learning how to compost our food, it's very easy to phase this out of our everyday lives. So when we're thinking about WAC in terms of being environmentally friendly, I mean, in addition to being close to the Chester River and the surrounding environments, we're also encouraging students to really learn more about organizations, including the Food Recovery Network, mm-hmm. the Student Environmental Alliance, and the Campus Garden, as well as to take up activities such as composting or just contributing to limiting as much waste as possible. And to even just invest in eco-friendly programs For example, go to the refilling stations for filling up your water bottles rather than throw it away. Do you think that WAC is taking this initiative to raise awareness and action towards combating climate change? Do you feel like it's enough or is there always more that can be done? To answer that really simply, I'd say there's always more we could be doing. You know, we could have an entire fleet of electric cars instead of the gas vans that we have. We could throw solar panels on every single building. But looking realistically, I'd say our school is doing a particularly good job of being more sustainable. One thing I've always appreciated, even as a senior in high school looking at different colleges, is our school doesn't just say we have a good environmental department. We have a whole team of the environmental department and like the Eastern Shore Food Lab, the Center for Environment Society, the Office of Sustainability. 
that's actually working to be a more environmentally conscious school, not just a school that teaches environmental science really well. So really also talking the talk, but also walking the walk, essentially. Exactly. There is this looming eventuality that we will soon return to campus, that at some point there will be students, faculty, and other community members coming and going on campus. So what are the plans for further educating or encouraging the student body to really adopt further sustainable and eco-friendly practices while being on campus or while returning? I know um, I can't speak directly for the Office of Sustainability, but I know for a very long time they've been working on some little modifications they can make to even just how move-in day works to reduce the waste generated, whether that's like making sure all of everyone's Home Depot boxes get recycled properly. But I also know organizations like CES, the Center for Environment Society, are trying to put a lot of focus on activities everyone can do that are educational so they can bring us together, emphasizing that we're back on campus together again, while also teaching us something about being environmentally conscious. Unfortunately, Food Recovery Network is struggling with that because of the nature of our program. We can't meet in the church basement with 100 Chestertown community members and serve them food in a COVID-safe way. So we're working on retaining our membership while focusing on the more educational aspect of things, whether it's putting out like literature or maybe hosting a movie screening. We're trying. So when we're thinking about what has happened throughout the course of this year, I mean, in addition to the COVID-19 pandemic, we also have witnessed the wildfires plaguing the West Coast, including California and Colorado, just this past summer and into the fall, the United States leaving the Paris Climate Agreement earlier this month, the rapid decline of the Arctic Sea, and the ever-presence of the Green New Deal within the national government. What do you hope becomes realized within the near future? Like, what do you hope gets accomplished soon when you look at all of this as being just one giant problem that needs to be solved or series of problems that needs to be solved? Yeah, you phrased that really well because it is a series of problems. But I think what I want people to realize is they're not just spontaneous problems. They're all interconnected. And the science really does say that they're all human caused. So I don't have the magic fix for how to get people to care about the environment, how we can suddenly just flip a switch and reduce our greenhouse gases and our waste and that sort of thing. But I think it starts on a very small level. And each person has to realize as much as they can contribute to the degradation of the environment and the advance of climate change, they can turn it around in the opposite direction. They can learn how to recycle. They can conserve water. They can take these really small actions that pile up to create a big change for the better. And do you feel that aside from knowing that it starts very small with individual actions contributing to bettering the environment, what do you feel are issues that are either being really emphasized, but also ones that are not being recognized enough? I think sort of almost contradicting what I just said, there's a lot of blame placed on the consumer. Whereas we need to turn our attention to bigger corporations. We need to turn our attention towards the government and hold our elected officials accountable for the role they play. And I think that's where this movement of activism can really come about because I can replace all of my plastic straws with metal straws and that's great. And that takes that bit of plastic out of circulation. 
but why do that if I'm just going to let my president withdraw from the Paris Agreement and not put up some sort of fight about it? So when thinking about upcoming federal actions to really combat climate change enacted by the Harris administration, including further protections under the Clean Air Act by reducing greenhouse gas emissions, mandatory disclosures of climate risks within public U.S. companies, and providing permanent protection towards both biodiversity and wildlife to further wean off this national dependence on anti-green practices and resources, hopefully by the next decade in 2030. Do you feel hopeful that significant change is on the horizon and will be achieved by that deadline? Is that deadline realistic? That's a big question. I do feel hopeful. And part of the reason I feel hopeful is because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris didn't come up with these ideas spontaneously. This has been the culmination of a public outcry for more environmentally conscious practices, stricter environmental regulations, and just a general national awareness for environmental issues. So I think as long as we keep up that energy as citizens, we can push along positive change. Do I think that all of our problems will be resolved by 2030? Probably not. I think there's significant evidence to suggest that we can start to decrease the size of that hole in the ozone layer. We can start to decrease the rate at which our climate is warming. But I don't think by 2030, all of these problems will be a thing of the past. I think we're going to have to maintain a constant effort to maintain the quality of our environment. Well, Elena, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you again. Our next guest today are seniors Douglas Kurtz and Samina Soin-Vachel, the president and vice president of the Student Environmental Alliance here on campus. Doug, Samina, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course, we're happy to be here. So first off, how would you describe your positions and your roles within Student Environmental Alliance at Washington College? So I'm the president of C, basically, it's my role to recruit the executive board and hold executive meetings and plan those and then act as a support for executive board officers and committee chairs and then try to help facilitate club planning and programming. My philosophy is hands off, like I want to be a resource for anyone in the club, but I want it to be the club members events and the club members choice. So basically, I just recruit people and help act as a support for them. And I am the vice president of C, so I help Doug with organizing our officers and events and stuff like that, but I also serve as a big resource for our members and help with recruiting new members and making sure that everybody has what they need to participate in everything, get to events, help with events, and keep the club going. So one of the key missions of the Student Environmental Alliance, based on their homepage on the Washington College website, is to create and promote a culture of sustainability by helping to educate and further encourage students and fellow campus community members to adopt pro-green changes within their own lives, including consistent ecological thinking when going about one's day-to-day life. Can you explain what an ideal cultural of sustainability and ecological thinking looks like? I think it would mean making daily choices to reduce harm the most you can in your daily life and to promote 
sustainable choices and to make them more accessible to everyone because one of the big problems with sustainability is that it's not accessible to everyone of all economic and socioeconomic backgrounds. So that's why a big part of what we do is activism to try to encourage wider community to adopt practices that would make it more accessible for everyone as well. And going off of that, recognizing that sustainability looks a little bit different for everybody based on what resources they have, because especially like at the beginning of a personal sustainability journey, there's a pretty big upfront cost because the reusable products might cost more or getting the resources you need are sometimes really expensive. So recognizing that it's hard to jump right in and that everybody is kind of in their own rung of the ladder on their journey to sustainability and that's okay just as long as you're conscious of it and that's kind of where the ecological component comes in is that recognizing that you're part of the world you're not in charge of it you are part of the system and you have to like do your little bit so I think as long as people are conscious of their decisions and making those decisions while well informed that's the really important part. And again, where the sustainability and activism parts of our club come into play a lot. In addition to a wide variety of sub-programs under the organization include the bike share program, the campus garden, and larger reign of activities, workshops, initiatives, and other responses to both not only teach others about the severity of climate change within our own campus environment and in the Chestertown community, but also to provide an additional, more greener path towards living and contributing to preserving the planet. Do you think that WAC is taking the initiative to raise awareness and action towards combating climate change? I think that Washington College definitely has a large voice of sustainability issues and there are a lot of groups on campus that are making good efforts towards encouraging sustainability the off sustainability being one of the major driving forces i would say i don't know if washington college necessarily encourages climate change education i would say the environmental science department definitely does and i would say most science related departments try to incorporate it because it is a part of like our changing culture as well i agree about it maybe not specifically addressing climate change but at the same time i think that the very interdisciplinary approach to education at Washington College in a way does because climate change is such an interdisciplinary issue because it ranges from sociology and economics to chemistry and biology and environmental science. So I think although the college as an institution may not focus on climate change, I think our educations as Washington College students definitely supports the ideas behind it and supports thinking critically about the complexities of climate change. That being said, the institution itself has paid attention to environmental issues, and we can see that partially through some of the newer construction on campus. We see Seaman Griswold's Hall and Cromwell Hall, both are LEED certified buildings. So it's really encouraging to see that as the college continues to grow and develop, they are paying attention to those kinds of things. So I could see it being more of a priority in the future, but it's not necessarily one right now. With the eventuality of us returning to campus for the spring semester, 
What are the plans for SEA further educating and encouraging the student body to adopt or practice sustainable, eco-friendly ideals while being on campus? Well, we always like to encourage sustainable choices in our daily lives. We haven't totally planned specific events or campaigns for being on campus. We're still like flushing out how to like make things socially distant, but we are totally going to continue our general activism that like people should reduce water, try to eat fewer animal products and make those small changes in your daily lives. And I think in the context of COVID, we definitely do have some opportunities for events like that. One of the things we do every semester, typically when we're on campus, is a trash cleanup. And now more than ever, that's really important as we see more and more single-use masks, plastic gloves, personal protective equipment like PPE being discarded, which is a really, really big issue. So I think we have the potential to do a lot more awareness on that and maybe some more trash cleanups and that kind of thing, as well as encouraging like the sustainable alternatives like homemade masks or fabric masks that are reusable, that kind of stuff that is specifically focused toward that. The other thing that we always do is try and talk about green move-in processes. So we'll definitely be emphasizing that again. Normally we focus on it in the fall as more freshmen are coming in, everybody's returning to campus and moving in, but we'll definitely bring all that back in January as people return to campus. So we're definitely going to try and preserve some of our traditional activities while also adapting them to the times we're in. Yeah, we're kind of in a unique position because we already have a large growing number of first year student members that will be like good environmental stewards as boots on the ground for the freshman class. So that's really exciting this year, especially. So taking us out of Chestertown for just a brief minute, when thinking about what has happened this year, in addition to the COVID-19 pandemic, we have also witnessed several wildfires plaguing the West Coast the United States leaving the Paris Climate Agreement earlier this month, the significant rapid decline of the Arctic Sea, and the ever-presence of the Green New Deal within the national government. What do you think or hope becomes realized about the severity of climate change, or at least that this is an active issue that must be addressed and continue to work on within the near future? I would say that the importance of environmental justice, because those issues that happen, like the wildfires and hurricanes that will be increasing in severity as climate change affects us, will tend to affect indigenous and like lower socioeconomic status and people who have just like an inherent vulnerability in their position in the world. They are more vulnerable to climate change and climate change's effects. So I think just encouraging education and awareness of environmental justice and the importance of taking an interdisciplinary approach and thinking past just about the greenhouse gases and targeting industry, but also like having care and consideration for the people who are affected is going to be really important. Absolutely. And that's something that the club and that we'll see has been focusing on a lot this semester is thinking and talking a lot more about intersectional environmentalism and how all these components come together and how it's so much more widespread than just, oh, there's fires, there's ice melting. 
the fact that the people who are impacted by it are the people who aren't necessarily able and don't have the resources that we were like talking about earlier, that they don't have the resources to do anything about it, that it's kind of up to other people to advocate for them and to advocate for better legislation. So again, thinking about yourself as one of many people and not just the very individualist society that we sometimes are. In terms of the Washington College campus itself, what other initiatives or changes do you hope will be taken into account to create a more sustainable environment within this decade or so? I think it would be wonderful if we could get climate neutrality or some kind of like net zero emission for the college campus and signing on to carbon offsets if that's not a possibility to offset the carbon emissions that we make, some kind of just campaign or something just to acknowledge the emission factor, but also recruiting people from diverse backgrounds who can give diverse perspectives on these types of issues. Because I think historically, Washington College tends to recruit people who might share similar perspectives. I think just like having more diverse perspectives will be useful and helpful in solving these complex challenges because they just have complex effects on everyone as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And then even on a simpler level, seeing more reusable products, we used to have reusable carryout containers and those don't exist anymore, which has been something we've been really pushing for for the past couple of years since they stopped using them. But seeing those come back and seeing them come back downstairs and create and Martha's and everything as well as upstairs in the dining hall, even just little steps like that would be really good to see in the short term and that are lacking right now. And I know with COVID, it's really hard to do some of those things, but hopefully once this pandemic is over, we're able to kind of return to pushing for some of those more sustainable and reusable options. So when thinking about upcoming federal actions to combat climate change enacted by the Biden-Harris administration, including further protections under the Clean Air Act, mandatory disclosures of climate risks within public U.S. companies, and providing permanent protection towards both biodiversity and wildlife to further wean off this national dependence on anti-green practices by the next decade, by at least 2030. Do you feel hopeful that this significant change is on the horizon and will be achieved by that deadline? I think there's potential, but I think that one of the first steps is holding the new administration to their promises. Um, As the cabinet's being discussed right now, we've been seeing some less than ideal picks for cabinet positions and stuff like that that are a little bit discouraging. I would love to see people who are more rooted for green energy and not as funded for anti-green practices, but I hope that some progress is made. And I believe that it can be made. I think we just need the right people to be in the right places for that to happen. Yeah, I do think we definitely need stricter limitations on corporations and holding corporations accountable. And I think we need a national ban on fracking. And I think we need some kind of, I don't want to say revolutionary, but some kind of like drastic change, I suppose, in the way we view our energy sources, because we definitely have the capability to produce green and sustainable energy for everyone. But we just need to like take a good hard look at who we're supporting in our dependency on like oil and who we're affecting with it. 
So I think that that like circles back to what Samina said, and it really does depend on who is in office and who is in this kind of positions, because as we can see, you can have like four years of having no progress and having the degeneration of all the progress that we've tried to make. So I would just circle back to exactly what Samina said. Well, Doug, Samina, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great to be here and we're really glad we got a chance to talk to you. Thanks, Liv. In preparation for January, President-elect Biden and the remainder of the new approaching administration have collected a total of 10 main plans as to how to respond and actively counter climate change, including, but not limited to, protecting and preserving biodiversity, the complete disclosure between the federal government and public companies of potential risks towards the surrounding environment, significantly reducing greenhouse gas emissions, and the nation weaning off dependency on fossil and liquid fuels in favor of more agricultural enterprises and making them the focus towards making further improvements. On the Washington College campus, both the Food Recovery Network and the Student Environmental Alliance pages on the Washington College website provide a wide range of George Goes Green initiatives, encouraging fellow students to take part in using accessible refilling stations for water bottles, reducing food and other additional waste, and consistent use of the four R's, which include reduce, reuse, recycle, and repurpose. For more information regarding eco-friendly initiatives and other opportunities to learn and to get involved, visit the sustainability and wellness page on the WAC website or contact Perdone for further information about the Food Recovery Network or Kurtz or Sony Vachelle regarding Student Environmental Alliance. This has been Washington College Weekly. I am your host, Olivia Montez, and I will see you next week.